Hey, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Warrior Within Podcast UK. I'm your host, Eric, and I'm joined by Stefan Daniels of the Warrior Within Project. Uh, Hello. And yeah, today we're going to talk a little bit about Stefan, kind of set up who he is, set up what this project's about, talk some shit. <laughs> yeah. And uh, my favorite subject. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, we'll, we'll go from there. So let's let's start off. Good yeah. to see you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> eventually get this podcast on the go i'm stefan daniel uh, originally my name's stefan petroski i i'm from plymouth spent 26 years in the in the military from the age of 16 and then when i came back to plymouth unbeknownst to me didn't realize i had quite severe ptsd and then about two years ago i set up warrior within project which um it's basically based next door to where you are at Lebworks in Masters Academy. So if you're Stonehouse based in Plymouth. Stone, yeah, Stonehouse, yeah, Pier 1, um, which to... is, I think, ideal um, placement for us because that's where we're kind of needed. That's and what we, do is, what we do is we use um, exercise and martial arts and, and various holistic types of healing methods to help veterans combat their own PTSD. Mm. That's what we do. Fair to say, you've been through a pretty major journey. You, I yeah. saw, I saw you post a picture of yourself at sixteen when you, when you. Well, I think you were sixteen. It was when you just joined. Yeah, I was like uh, eighteen there. I was straight in the desert in the first Gulf War. Like really? Yeah, yeah. Schoolboy straight into next thing. You're in a desert, you know, fighting a war. Shit. So yeah, it's um, it's things like that, like like that, which at the time you don't realise they do have a a lasting effect on your um on your your nervous system your everything you know your mental state yeah i mean we're it's, it's kind of mad that you can you can army but you like you, you can't vote and, and things yeah, like that yeah it's crazy isn't it and like, yeah. like it's, yeah. it seems like a little bit a little bit skew if but yeah, yeah. Right, it's all a bit skew if isn't it so but yeah so that's 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 me basically i did 26 years i i, I left at the rank of warrant officer which is like a sergeant major so okay. it's the, the the kind of up where i needed to be with my peer group and um got my pension and left basically <laughs> were you um if we if we just sort of dig down a, li- a little bit yeah. into to what you were doing so sort of what unit were you in i was a um queen's royal irish as originally and then we amalgamated became the queen's royal as in 1992 so the queen royal as uh the senior um light cavalry regiment in the british army so they have challenges to main battle tank and also reconnaissance vehicles were you were you in tanks is that yeah so i started off in tanks and then i went to reconnaissance troop for about 11 years which i really really enjoyed because i didn't like the big noisy smelly tanks so much i like sneaking around and you know doing that sort of stuff um (laughs) And then I went back to tanks and became a tank commander and then um, eventually, you know, went up through the ranks and, yeah, did that. So it was it was really good. It was fun, fun times, you know, tough times, but tough times with really good, good people that, that was... you know, have stood beside you, by your side, you know, through most of your bloody life, let alone army career. Yeah, there's this really strong sense of brotherhood in everything that you yeah. do. Like, um, I've heard that that's that's a really quite a difficult thing for the transition back. 
because you've spent all this yeah, time. Yeah, that's what I mean. That's why the project works so well because it kind of gives us gives us all that kind of camaraderie, and we're doing a bit of PT together, which we're all used to getting smashed and blowing out your ass together, you know, and yeah. <laughs> fucking hating life. But um, doing those also, six thousand burpees. Yeah. Also feeling feeling you know euphoric at the end of it because your endorphins are you know you're all going crazy. So you, you're doing something that that's um, that that you remember, you know. So it's good; it works. So it's um, it, yeah, we you... have a good t- we have a good session on the Sunday. Cool. Okay, so you do you do these sessions on Sundays? Yeah, you with veterans. Um, yeah. Is that you, is it fairly tribal? Is it is it from all over the forces? Like um, what, what, what's the cross? all over? Yeah, or we got people from the navy, um, air force. We got infantry cavalry we've got french foreign legion we've got we've got all sorts we got from a 64 year old member down to a 21 year old member so nice. from every spectrum uh every every arm and you know it doesn't matter what what age sex or um department you're from you know it's cool. it's all humans at the end of the day yeah but okay being human yeah so can you tell me a little bit about your journey on coming out of the army? What yeah, sure. what led to to you making that decision to leave, and uh, yeah. what what was that like? Well, the decision was kind of made for me anyway because I'd done my time. You know, when you've done twenty after you've done twenty two years, you kind of just hanging around for time to go. Then okay. I call it kind of gardening and leave. You kind of mincing around <laughs> and finding stuff to do. You know, doing your admin. Yeah, but. Um, <laughs> You know, when it's time to go, you know it's time to go. So I I left. I was straight into a busy job working with my brother in a restaurant. So I didn't really have time to mm. sit back and reflect on everything I'd been through. And, um, and could, just for a sense of sort of time frame, where, when is this? Oh, this is 2013. I, I left left the army. Okay. Um, so we're talking about seven years ago now. So for the first couple of years, I just worked. I was doing like 100 hours a week and I was just, you know, married, two kids, in a house, cars, just a normal kind of life. But like constant high energy. Yeah, but it's it's difficult because when you leave, it's like you're kind of looking for this high that you can't find of being on operational tour and always mm. having to look over your shoulder and, Look. you know, checking all your, your fives and twenties, like we mm. checking your areas in case someone's trying to blow you up, yeah. you know, doing this stuff constantly. And then you come out and you're kind of like thinking, I've got this, to make this, 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 it, this, I... this, it, like it's night. <laughs> I've got I'm to make a nine to five job. I'm, I'm fucking bored. Like, you know, <laughs> you've got to make um, like a hundred pasta dishes and that is not on sort of yeah. IED level but threats. Is what, it? You, like... what, what you tend to do is you go on a bit of a, um self-destruct mission and you you drink a lot and you maybe do things you shouldn't be doing you know get into to drugs or whatever and people do anything to chase that kind of high yeah whether it's through exercise it's through sex it's through work it's through drugs or whatever they kind of they're kind of looking for it and they don't know why um i found in my experience and with some other people that have come out anyway kind of go on this self-destruct mission or you maybe you drive your car around with no insurance because it kind of gives you a bit of a high do you know what i mean yeah. it's like There's... doing something a little bit risque i saw i saw when i was visiting i've got some family in the military myself and i was visiting in germany at the time he was on the munitions base in in hamburg and there was someone who'd they they just it was a fairly regular occurrence apparently they're buying some sort of tuned up street racery car 
and had like crashed mm. it somewhere on the base. And oh yeah, probably. Yeah, that was sort of not. I was like, oh well, he's he's screwed, sort of thing. And it was like, oh no, 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 no. it's just nah. like he's going to pay for his all his damage and stuff like that. He's going to sit in his like cell thing for a little bit to cool down, and then yeah, know, we'll we'll keep moving. And that's I think it's you know that's the same thing. It's someone looking for for that rush, and they were yeah. surprisingly it's... aware of it. You know, um, but it all it all it also. Although you're looking for that rush, you're also it's to try and put yourself in the mind of a, especially when you've recently come back from operations, you come back to the UK and you're wandering around, you know, just at your hometown and it's just, you're on edge. You're on, you're on edge all the time. You're, you're constant in a fight or flight state of mind. You know, you're um, constantly going through scenarios in your mind where, you know, probably would never even happen anyway, but what if, yeah. Four men come out of the alleyway and started to attack me. What would I do? You have RVs set up. And you have all this mm. information set up in your mind in a split second, and it's like you're constantly doing these kind of. Um, I call it lizard. Analy- un- analyzing of your situation. Hmm. I call it Constant. lizard brain. Like where you're, yeah. you're just it's everything is just like a sort of black and white kind of yeah kind of thing. Um, and it's tough. It's tough. It takes it out of you f- mentally. It's tiring to be doing that all day long, you know. And so it doesn't sound like there's room there as well for, um, like, in relationships with other people. If you're always on yeah. edge, like that, doesn't leave much room for really much, really. much else. Like in terms of, like, you, you find it hard to have a relationship with somebody who hasn't kind of been through what you've been through because you always think, well, they will never understand what I'm talking about. You don't think, you know, that they can understand you at that level, which is unfortunately true at most with most relationships yeah um you know what we what we got to remember is we send all these young kids to these war zones and you know including myself and you you don't come back you don't come back the same you, how can you come back no. the same you know i went i was a happy go lucky little boy i come back and i was you know kind of that something something gets taken taken away from you it's almost you know, like a it's, it's a distance like yeah almost like, yeah it's like I find that people's eyes as well, like often look the same. Yeah, I've noticed yeah. everyone's got a particular, yeah, 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 yeah. very particular kind of. Look yeah, you'll them. see, you'll see that with a lot of boys. Mm. Yeah, definitely. But um, we're in Plymouth. It's we're a big military city. I've, I'm in a position now to be able to help other people. You know, you can't help other people until you're 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 in a position to do that. Yeah, you know, there's no point me trying to go out and say, "Oh, listen, I want to help guys," but. I'm trying to help myself as well. It's, it's a bit difficult to do. So now I'm in that position and I've kind of learned these little tricks along the way. Um, I mean, what I did when I was, when I was at my, my worst, which was about 2015, I actually um, tried to commit suicide by hanging myself mm. in my old house. And um, it's tough. L- it was tough. I was up in the rafters and, you know, everything was planned, but, the thought of my children having to go through life, having a parent that had committed suicide is what stopped me, to be honest with you, more than anything else. It's the best reason it was, you could have. Yeah, because, you know, I know for a fact that 80% of children that have a parent that's committed suicide will in fact commit suicide themselves. And how could I do that, you know? Mm. So my children, that's a very, to me, is yeah. quite a selfish thing to do. Although, although I do understand how why people would do it because when you're in that position and you feel like there's no way out whatsoever then sometimes that's you think that's the only option you've yeah, got the world closes in you know? it's a, yeah and it's 
I've been there, you know, I've been there, down to rock bottom. And I was like, do you know what? Fuck this. And I, I, I was in the, going through a divorce at the time and my business was, went a bit tits up. I lost a load of money and when it rains, got into it business with the wrong people. Yeah. And I was like, fuck it. I'm going to Thailand. <laughs> so what, I took some money together. Nice. And I went and I went. I didn't go to go party and I went to go to a traditional Muay Thai kickboxing gym so if we stay... if we just set that up a little bit where did yeah. um where did that interest in uh in muay thai come from i've always been in- interested in combat sports it's always it's always interest something that's always interested me never really did any prior to that a little bit in the army but nothing much so you, um, you were sort of like just enjoying it and watching yeah sort of... but i'd always in my mind i must have implanted it somewhere that one day i would do it and i thought you know what well, I need to get away. Fuck it. I was overweight at the time. I was mm. drinking heavily. I was very unfit. I was very, very unhappy. And it was the best thing I did. You know, I went. Do you think yeah, maybe because you, you you spoke about that sort of sense of finding it difficult to connect with people who haven't been in the forces? Do you think maybe yeah. combat athletes and stuff like that would kind of have that respect? Yeah, like it's... yeah, that and also they're all they're all a bit mental. Oh, totally. you, know, you go you go you go out there, you're in you've got the same sort of people hanging around you are there with the same views and the same kind of work ethic, you know? Okay. Um so it's good to be around, you know, not everyone's like that, but majority of people sure. that go there are want want to train twice a day and, you know, they want to put I mean, the body bodies on the line. You've gone in there, really. If you're in Thailand, you're in the like the yeah. jungle or whatever. It's yeah. There's no use doing it half, is there? Really? No. I, I went to uh, a place called Suet Gym, which is one of the first Muay Thai gyms in Phuket, and it's like kind of away from all the is that... all the hustle bustle and. Are we you know... are we northern or southern Thailand? There, sorry, um, my geography. Southern Southern Thailand. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's near the beaches, so it's a nice part of the country. So, and I've been back several times since. It's something I fell in love with, and now I, you know, I get to I get to teach other people Muay Thai, which you know I love doing. So it it's really helped me. It's been tough recently for me because I've I've had an operation recently, so I've been quite under the weather. But yeah, you know, my own mental health is helped by exercise. For when I'm sitting around, it's like fuck. I need to do some fucking exercise or something, like you know. And I think I think that's that's a relatable sort of thing especially right now being yeah. everyone's so much more static your mind will run away and your body just slows down yeah. um and that's that's it it's like a root out of that isn't it it's but it's it, it's not hard you know you, we can find a little space and just do some sit-ups and press-ups some squats it's, mm. we can do it it's whether we can be fucking ass when you're <laughs> sitting at home in in your underpants eating pringles you know what I mean? <laughs> well like me <laughs> Yeah, me. <laughs> I love a Pringle. Uh, me too. <laughs> I think there must be some, there's something in there that has got to be addictive for you to be able to pop and eat a whole tube. It's not fucking normal. I always think like you see stuff from like back in the Victorian age or whatever, and they're like, oh yeah, this was terrible for you. I think yeah. like in 20 years' time, it would be like, oh, that was addictive. Like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like wow, we don't give that to children anymore. My God, yeah. like. But I'm loving it. Like I used oh, to. Oh, like... once once we found out what was in those Pringles, we soon got rid of them. <laughs> yeah. Well, there used to be blue Smarties as well, the fast color. I used to love them. Make you make you hype as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Where were we? We were talking about my. I'd been to Thailand, and obviously now I found what benefited me is benefiting other people. Mm. Now you know. I I went to the doctor when I had realised I had issues going on, and the first thing they tried to do was give me antidepressants and. Um, on the box, it said these will make you worse, you know, make you feel symptoms, side mm. effects 
or they'll make you feel worse before you feel better. Yeah. Uh, and I was suicidal at the time. So I was like, what the fuck are you giving me these for? You know, you want me to kill myself kind yeah. of thing. I just threw him in the bin and was like, fuck that. I'm going to Thailand. And uh, I was going for a month. But I stayed for three months. I made some amazing friends. And like I say, I've been back every time. My plan is, my big plan is to take the project there in 2023 for about four weeks. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, that would be amazing. I mean, it's a big, you know, it's it's a goal to have you know, once we've got the correct sort of level of funding that we're after mm. and so all the rest of it. Is it so you, you have like a particular relationship with a particular gym, is it? Or have you been to multiple places? Yeah, well, I, I, I well, in Thailand. Yeah, in Thailand. Uh, yeah, yeah. No, I, I normally just go back to the same gym, kind of loyal, loyal that like that. So. Yeah, of course. That's what my same trainer that taught me when I first went out there. I see him every time we've got this kind of relationship now. You know, he picks me up from the airport and that sort of thing. Like he looks after me, I look after him. He's nice. a good guy. Well, there's a yeah. thing. The thing about that sort of famous South um, Southeast Asian hospitality, isn't there? So, oh yeah, it's amazing. I've obviously... smiles. I love it out there. Yeah, I mean, he'll kick the hell out of it. you, but still. <laughs> oh yeah, they they are tough little bastards. Yeah. Like they're doing a shark tank of clinch work with ties is one of the worst feelings in the world can you can you explain just, shark tank oh it's just like basically when you you're you're training say at the end of a three-hour session you're absolutely fucked and mm. then they say okay we're gonna do clinch work now so that's when you're kind of standing up clinching with each other yeah, yeah. one arm over, over, over each other mm-hmm. you can sweep each other you're not allowed to trip but you can throw or sweep okay a shark tank is when they put a fresh opponent in for you every round afterwards so oh god yeah so you've got a guy for three minutes then he gets out and then you've got a fresh guy then a fresh guy then a fresh guy until so you've done five five people and it's it's just you feel like you're suffocating basically mm. it's disgusting do you, <laughs> do you feel but it's, it's you, nice at the same time yeah like i was gonna say like that's that's gotta be the rush yeah. again like that's yeah that's i don't I'm... know i just quite like kind of like getting punched i don't mind it so much you know it's quite enjoyable hey you're uh you're a leather daddy <laughs> yeah so you go to you go to thailand you build this you build this relationship you, you're building this project got your little bit of cash and and you're you're moving along and sort of yeah. fast forward a little bit as things are coming together and you've you've had a fairly major life event recently as well yeah man oh well you know what? Just I've been. It's about six months. I've not been feeling right. I've been. I've been thinking maybe I need more vitamin B twelve because I'm pretty much vegan. Okay. So I'll make sure I get the correct uh, nutrients. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. Something was off. I just did wasn't feeling myself for about six months or so, probably longer. And I had a bad tooth for a while, and I could for love and money, I couldn't get it fixed anywhere with COVID. Yeah. Anyway, long story short, about the twentieth of December, I had a really weird turn. I had a bit of a PTSD attack and I was feeling really anxious mm-hmm. and my head was hurting and my, oh, my chest was hurting. Long story short, I basically had a, had a mini stroke. I tried to talk. I couldn't talk on the phone. Oh, I had to call um, 999. Um, they come out and they took me into hospital and did a load of tests on me and then basically realized that I needed open heart surgery. Shit. I didn't which, know that it was open. Yeah. 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 Well. It's, scars there. <laughs> And yeah, for for anyone who can't see that, that is a beast. Um, yeah, all the way down. Yeah, two there where they put drains in as well. Yeah. So yeah, so that was a bit of a shocker. Well, you're wearing so, it, all right? Um, like, <laughs> well, yeah, but you know, it was. It is what it is, isn't it? So mm. at least I was in the right place. 
to get fixed because um, Thurifer's got a really good um, reputation in their in their heart surgeons um, throughout the country. So I was definitely in the right place. Yeah, so, so it's, it's all the food they, they have in Plymouth, isn't it? Like uh, the yeah. what is it? The the fat bastard burger and all that sort of stuff. Oh, they got, I don't know. They got okay. none of that. <laughs> I'll tell you what, the food the food was fucking dodgy in hospital. Yes. Unless you go, unless you get the vegan menu, and then it's really good. Oh, really? The veg- got... Yeah, the vegan menu. They got a secret vegan menu with like chilies and curries, and once you've been eating that bland stuff, go on to that. I'll tell you if you ever do any time in there. Yeah. I. Uh, it's it's worth a shout. I'm always amazed at a hospital's ability to make toast taste like oh, death. Gosh, I, I don't just I don't know. It's fucking cheese, cheese and onion omelet. Is uh, it was, I don't even know what it was. It's like they infuse it, it like... with sadness or something. I just don't know what that extra ingredient is that just makes everything taste like yeah, like that. <laughs> it's. When I was a kid, I was in wards for a long time. I was really sick. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, so, yeah. So, you know, I've had a lot of hospital food. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it's, it's, I say, one day. I was just having the same stuff every morning. Bowl of Cheerios. Yeah. Cup of tea. You know, jacket yeah. potato in the evening. But secret vegan menu. Yeah, it's good. It's on the computer. Yeah, really good. They've got a halal and all different kind of menus. If you ask, if you don't ask, you don't get it. Yeah, you get you get garbage. So, so basically, I'm in a hospital. I've had this funny turn. They're, they're doing all these tests on me. Doctors come around and said, right, you know, we we found you've got a dodgy heart valve, aortic mm-hmm. heart valve, and also you've got sepsis. Uh, the sepsis has got into your heart into oh. the aorta, and we need to clean it out and blah blah blah. I said, right, okay, really serious then. Like, yeah, serious as fuck. Yeah, serious. Yeah, as serious as it as it gets. Yeah, sepsis and the aorta. That's yeah. So that's why I was feeding. I could say people saying, "What do you feel like?" I said, "I just feel like I've been poisoned." That's what the only way I can mm. say I feel like I've been poisoned, which is basically what sepsis is. Yeah, it's blood poisoning. But that all came from a bad tooth. So the bad tooth, the sepsis came from, then went into the heart. So it's really important. Anyone that is listening, if you've got a bad tooth, really get it looked at straight away because it can have further complications. There you go. Um, is, is, a, is a word of advice, um, especially if you're a man and you're in your, your 40s, 50s, you know. Brush your teeth, um, kids. Yeah. <laughs> so, yes, lovely chap, Dr. Clinton Lloyd, a South African <laughs> chap. We had a good chat. Not not of Bill Clinton fame. <laughs> no, no, I wouldn't let him near me. Um, so he, we had a discussion. He explained everything. I said, okay, let's do it. So the, I think it was like two days later. They waited for the sepsis to be a bit calmer. Mm-hmm. Took me down. I was down there for eight hours. They opened me up, changed the valve and did what they needed to do, stitched me back up. And then I was on ICE for a few days. And then they come up and said, um, I've got some more bad news, I'm afraid. Your heart's not regulating itself. Um, so we're going to need to fit a pacemaker. So oh, I've got a pacemaker there. Shit. So you've... Uh, can you see it? Yeah. Yeah. I can see the bump there just yeah. uh, on your... Um... On your lion's forehead. Yeah. <laughs> so I went. I was like, okay. Yeah. So they were like, "Well, wait, see, you're strong enough, and then we will take you down." So it was like two days later. They took me down. It's and it's just general anaesthetic. They inject it. They open it up. They pop it in. Put these wires in. Sew it back up. But I went down there. As soon as they injected me, I went into cardiac arrest. <sighs> so I woke up, and they were breaking my chest again from the surgery to fucking. Wait, can you revive feel it? revived me yeah so i they had to do cpr on me oh my god so, yeah so i woke up thinking what the fuck is going on here yeah uh and you know obviously i'm very lucky to be here you're very I'm lucky very, to be alive. i'm very i'm very thankful for the for the staff and 
for everybody that was involved, you know, at that moment mm. in time. Um, Heroes. Yeah, and I won't forget, you know, I know the people that was, I know their names, so Good. Um, my plan is to, to write a thank you letter to them at some stage once I get around to it, but absolutely yeah so that happened anyway they fitted the, the pacemaker in the end long story short i spent about four weeks in hospital um gradually recovering getting better and better spent a couple of weeks outside having a nurse come around and putting a drip in me a couple of times a week um but that's now stopped i'm now on blood thinners for the rest of my life and i cannot do any sparring or fighting again obviously because my yeah uh that's there but at the end of the day i'm nearly 50 anyway so as long as i can train and train other people i'm happy with that we can they can keep moving the, the project forward that's the main thing there's something to be said about that like this it's a really good attitude you know like to to just be like okay how can i adapt things yeah you have to don't you, you yeah have to adapt. you can't you know throw your bottom lip out and you know think everything's against you and you take everything personally because you never get anything done that's it yeah. So you're back training again. Um, well, 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 very, very gently. It's only um, like five weeks out of out of hospital. I come out on the first of of January. Um, so I, you know, I've only really been doing walks and things like that, and very, very gentle stuff. Um, I am. I have got some yoga this morning, which I'll be some gentle yoga I'll be doing. But I'm just listening to my body and and taking time and make sure I'm fueling it properly and well, you know just being very careful. You were sort of right. That sense of poisoning. Clearly, your body was sending you sort of the right messages, even though you didn't know yeah. necessarily what to do. That so it's it's good that you're just kind of yeah. I mean, I don't know. That's that's a wild story. I can't I believe know, it's like fucking mad <laughs> you know i can't believe the, the the like cardiac arrest bit at the end like i didn't I see that coming and the, and, the, and the thing is you know i was in the gym five times a week prior to that Dude. i don't drink alcohol very very rarely i might have a glass of red wine once in a while and maybe the odd guinness here and there but sure. that's about it you know i don't smoke cigarettes um i was going to ask like what their sort of history no, there was. i eat i eat clean yeah i have smoked in the past sure i i used to smoke weed actually to help me with my um ptsd but i kind of moved over for towards more towards the cbd oils sure. which i found uh, a lot healthier way for me to um administer the medicine that's it i think um i think with with post-traumatic stress like when there's like a substance that sort of works if it gets you a little bit out of your head you yeah. can kind of lean into being out of your head a little bit too yeah much. yeah you gotta you gotta manage everything and you know be mindful mm. whatever you're putting into into your body yeah um whatever it is whether it's food whether it's information whether it's you know drugs you know whatever whatever it is you're putting in there so you found yeah. you found the diet you found sort of uh the kind of training regimen and things like that like yeah what's uh, has it changed your perspective like how because you 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 sort of you you had a, a kind of transformation post military in the way that you yeah. viewed the world didn't you like yeah i thought i mean i've always been ever since well really from that time you know when i went to thailand i became very grateful and very thankful of of the things that we do have and it made me become more humble i would say i think i probably had a bit of an ego before that i think you know i didn't i didn't particularly like myself very much i think you've got to be you know you've got to make best friends with yourself mm. because um the only person that's going to spend your whole life with you is you you know so if you if you haven't if you haven't got a good relationship with yourself 
then how can you have a good relationship with other people as well? So for sure, um, struggle with that one. That's uh, yeah. So for for me, you know, um, it, it kind of just worked for me. So you, yeah, you, you, so you found this thing. You had this positive attitude yeah. shift. So you learn to to like yourself. Dare I say, even yeah. love yourself. Yeah, I do love myself. <laughs> I can say that. I, yeah, I do love myself. Yeah, and that's you know, self love is important. It's not a selfish thing. It's um, and I think it's, it... it is really important. Not not to love yourself so much where you become fucking annoying and an egotistical twat, but love yeah. yourself enough so that other people can feel or see that love coming out yeah. of you. It's, Maybe they can get a little bit of it as well. How I like to think about it to try and like encourage myself to do that is to have mercy on myself. Yeah. Like, cause yeah, it, and give yourself a break, man. You've got to give yourself a pat on the back when you do stuff well. You know what I mean? We're always hard on ourselves. Yeah. You've got to be kind to yourself as well. You can get in that in that cycle and then you sort of, before you know yeah. it, you've spent like a couple of years and you're like, I haven't said a positive word to myself. Like, yeah. Well, I, I'm, I'm a great believer in affirmations. When I shower in the morning, I say out loud affirmations to myself believe um, conceive believe yeah, achieve. Wh- wh- <laughs> whatever it whatever it is whatever works for you like you know mm-hmm. whatever works for you you know whether you you tell yourself you know i'm a warrior i'm 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 loved you know whatever whatever it is find your own mantra but speaking it out into existence actually has more of an effect you know so so they say but i'm sure well uh, i mean i know that to take it out of the sort of emotional thing that people might find difficult, mm. athletes use it, don't they? Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah. It, and it's, well, it's, it demonstrates it works. And they even speaking in, if you go into water, if you speak those affirmations into water, it's then supposed to be intensified because you're speaking it into a moving, living thing, the ocean, you know, and we're made of water as well. So okay. it's supposed to vibrate um, more so, um, giving you more pollen power, if you like. Just then. Um, yeah, so I'm quite into the spiritual side of things, like you know, the uses of sage and rosemary mm. and energy and all that stuff. Um, so, and is that is that was that something that you always had in the army, or was that was that a shit? Oh no, no, not when I was in the army. No, it wasn't until I came out really and went to Thailand. I was, yeah, to, Thailand kind of. I was going to say that picture of that lad. He didn't look like he didn't look like he would have picked up sage. No, like, no not before his life. Have, no. <laughs> Probably no, would have right. shoved it down my throat, like yeah, probably yeah. <laughs> but it's good, it was, uh, like different different people. I think then we you know back then, but you know it's the project. I'm really happy with the way it's going. I've got some merchandise now, so I've been so, kind of a lot of the members have been buying that. I've got a lot of veterans that um, have yeah. been supporting us. Yeah, um, um, I'll take a moment to just plug and say buy his shit. We will put links. Uh, yeah, it looks yeah, awesome. Cool, There's an awesome logo on it, like was designed by a local artist, and uh, yeah, yeah, like it's and it means it means something as well. The logo, it's a uh, Mampo mask, uh, a samurai mask, mm-hmm. which was used for protection from the enemy, and also uh, would be used to intimidate the, the enemy as well. The mask. Yeah. Um. So you know everything that we do has got true meaning behind it, and. What we're trying to do at the moment is we're trying to raise funds to get a minibus. So that's our main aim at the moment is to, to prioritise getting the minibus so we can pick up our members and take them to the, the things that we got planned in the future. Sort of sparring um, and stuff like, uh, like that. Yes, to, to come training. I've got stuff lined up in the summer. We'll be going paddleboarding and kayaking. We're doing a bit of um, trekking up on Dartmoor. 
Nice. Um, so there's lots, there's lots going on. And if we had a minibus, it would just make our life a lot easier. So I'm, I'm pushing the funding at the moment. Um, we do have a page on Facebook, the Warrior Within Project Plymouth. We're also at warriorwithinproject.org. Um, um, we're also on Instagram. And I have a GoFundMe page as well, which is linked to all of that. So yeah. if anyone's we'll, uh, interested in... We'll pop all of the links below. Um, yeah, cool. So that everyone can can check out all of that stuff. Um, and yeah, I, I, I encourage everyone to kind of give. You you you're trying to sort of rebuild a community. Like you, you yeah. That's that's the the heart of it, isn't it? Like, mm-hmm. and that's sort of how we met. Is is we've, we've yeah. got like a related project of trying to mm-hmm. build that. And um, I think like I've I've only recently really like I I live in Newton, uh, like near Plymouth, but not 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 in and I, i've had like a, a kind of relationship with it and it seems like um the town is it's an interesting place because there's like there's that military predominance and there's and like you know that's really tight and everyone's sort of together when they're in and then there's a lot of poverty and sort of deprivation that is sort of as soon as you step outside of that so like uh, the support on offer is you know it's it's taken yeah, a while so there's some really good people in, in mm. Plymouth, especially down you know our end union street where we are you know um, yeah we've been building something um yeah i'm quite lucky i've got an office now as well that's um suit you <laughs> yeah gary and jason parsons have, have managed to get me a, a place they own the um garage cafe where they feed the homeless people every night oh right yeah so yeah i've got an office up there now stroke therapy room so once that's all set up you know if anyone wants to come for a chat or whatever you know just get a hold of me and like i say i'll put my details on the um on the end of here um so especially if there's any veterans out there that feel they would benefit from from coming training with us or just you know just meeting up and having a chat or anything really you know and and i know it's hard to to feel like you're asking for help but you're not really because we're all kind of in it together you know we're all helping each other out yeah you already have that link like it's there's there's no there's no trouble in in reaching yeah. out to someone that you already got that link with so uh yeah reach out so this is this has been awesome is there anything um, else you'd like to uh feel like you haven't said this has been the uh, warrior within project uk we've been your hosts eric and stefan yeah we want to wish you well and uh, if you tune in uh, in two weeks time we're going to be broadcasting every two weeks um at the same time so yeah we'll have all the links and everything are scheduled down in the description again so you know come join us he's gonna have stefan's gonna have a bunch of guests um i think the plan is for stefan to be hosting stuff um as soon as he's he's cool to do that so uh yeah if you want to hear his voice uh <laughs> check it out <laughs> cool thanks man cheers all right i'll see you soon yeah the Warrior Within Project is part of the Kintsugi Radio and Podcasting Network. To find out more or to get involved, contact info at kintsugiproject.org or check us out at www.kintsugiproject.org or on social media.